Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Lardy, Miss Claudia and Company on Blog Talk Radio. It's our business to tell you business night. It's season two in Child Support News. We were on a hiatus, but now we back. I am your host, Lardy, Miss Claudia, and coming at you live, flying high, in California with good news and bad news, if necessary. And on the passenger side is my brother, Alpha C. Hales from Family First International, and we are touching down. Now, this is the place to be and to be heard right here on Lardy Miss Clardy and Company on BTR. Here is the call-in number, 347-884-8684. That number again is 347-884-8684. And the guest call-in number is 877-483-3153. Toll-free number 877-483-3153. Yeah. And if you press option two and listen in, you know, you can do so. If there are questions or comments, we will address them at the end of this program. Please press 1 to call in and talk with me and my guest, okay? And the discussion is about decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent obligors. And if you feel you are in this category, please call in and comment or discuss your issues you have on child support. So, don't forget, call in at this call-in number of 347-884-8684. That number again is 347-884-8684. And let's get to it. Now, as you know, this is It's Our Business to Tell Your Business right here on Child Support News. So, in the news on Child Support, Alpha C. Hales, Founder and president from Family First International will be our guest. Okay, I told you he was on the passenger side. We flying in, we done landed, all right? And we and he wants to discuss issues on what decent disadvantaged non-custodial parents face, okay, when going through the court system and child support agencies, and what we can do to support our decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent obligors stay out of prisons and out of arrearages and informing these systems to work with the general public on options, programs, jobs for solutions to the problems. Family First International Inc. is a Delaware-based grassroots public interest human rights advocacy and outreach uh, support program in its 501c3 tax exempt membership organization for decent, disadvantaged, non custodial parent obligors, which pay court or child support. Open to service to all men and women alike, regionally as well as all other states nationally. FSI was conceptualized here June 1999 and is also a not-for-profit, tax-exempt Delaware Corporation incorporated in 2013. FSI provides grassroots public interest, human rights advocacy, and outreach support service, as well as inform, educate, and empower decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent obligors, custodial parents, non-custodial parents, you, clergy, agencies, organizations, businesses, and the general public regarding the unjust laws of child support via the Bradley Amendment. Now, come join us. Call in at this call-in number at 347-884-8684. That number again is 347-884-8684. And the toll-free number is 877-483-3100. The number again, 877-483-3153. So let's get with it. Let's find out if my brother has uh, 
God of the Father, the passenger seat, and ready to talk. Brother Alpha C. Hills, are you available? Yes, I'm I'm right here with you. I just I just got in. <laughs> I don't know, now look at that. See, hey, I told you. I told you he was right there all the time. You're welcome, and thank you for coming on to the show. You, thank you. I'm glad to hear from you. Hey, it's been a long time. You know, we've been on this hiatus, but now we are back. Hey, Amen. We yes, high. we are. We, yeah, we were flying high on that Lanier jet we just got off of. <laughs> So now it's your turn to get ready to ask you this question. I want to know how you feel as a uh, as the president of the organization of Family First International and a man, a black man, a brother that have uh, been going through situations with uh, child support uh, issues and different things of that sort. And we want to know how you feel about what you are involved in. So I'm going to pose this question to you, okay? You ready? I'm ready. All right. Number one question, why is it important to get the word out about decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent obligors on child support issues? A very good question, Sister Wendy. I'm glad that you're the one that's asking. The reason why it was so important is because for a very long time, very long time, yeah. from its inception, it has always been uh, placed in the mindset of various people that for everyone that's going through these types of issues, they're only going through it because they're uh, either incompetent parents, they're just bad parents, uh, they're just parents that like to party all the time. Uh, yeah. I'm, and I'm giving, you, I'm giving you some of the feedback from some of the uh, various right. amount That's of people right. that I've worked with during our uh, downtime. That's because right. I, Talk to I oppose these, some of these questions to them as well, and I compile this information. So everything that I answer, the way that I answer, is really coming by some feedback from the people that I've been working with over you know this period of downtime. But yeah. um, they feel as though they have been served a raw deal by way of how they have been viewed as an individual first and a parent uh, second. Right. A lot of a lot of these parents, believe it or not, uh, they are meaningful parents, ready and willing to do whatever needs to be done to the best of their ability, providing that they have the proper tools to work with. They mm-hmm. are parents that have accepted the fact that they have this obligation. They're not trying to avoid it or run from it. Yeah. And even when they try to promote themselves as that type of genuine, uh, integrous person as being a parent, they still caught a raw deal because they would go into court trying to, uh, you know, rectify their plight yeah. as the individual just to not get any type of meaningful uh, cooperation from the court, Mm -hmm. uh, from the custodial parent, from other people that may know their story and, you know, they've been told a few things and now they're looking at the parent also as being, uh, you know, just a bad parent, just a deadbeat. Yes. So looking at the facts, the true in-depth facts, come to find out, uh, Sister Wendy, a lot of these parents are not deadbeats, first and foremost. They've I been agree. served a raw. They've been served a raw deal by way of they may have lost employment or what have you. So now mm-hmm. they can't afford to, play, uh, to, to pay their uh, support obligation. And they know, once again, they never said that they didn't care. They never said that they didn't want to pay. They said that right. I don't have the money and I can't pay. There's a big, there's a huge difference. But when right. you have persons on the outside looking in and they have been convinced that these parents are nothing more than deadbeats, uh, it was bound to happen. No, you're not going to be served a meaningful, fair shake at trying to rectify this issue. And after all, they got their job. After all, they got their job. Yes, yes. And as long as they 
can sit behind a desk and push the pencil and what have you and draft up uh, the files according to mm-hmm. what benefits the state, the respective states. They're satisfied mm-hmm. with that. Again, that's their job description. But the thing is, uh, the problem at hand is since since more and more people have been able to get the clear, concise understanding that there really are some meaningful parents caught up in a bad situation. They're starting to come out and open their eyes and take the earplugs out and, 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 and factor this in factually. Everybody's not a deadbeat. These people, they right. are meaningful. They do need some That's help. Right. So That's right. our job here at FFI was to pr- uh, uh, pr- produce the necessary factual information that supports the fact that everybody's not a deadbeat and support that if given the proper tools, which we can provide to these uh, decent disadvantaged non-custodial parent obligors, uh, you will see these people continue to do a hop, skip, and a jump forward with mm-hmm. all thrill and happiness that somebody is advocating on their side to get the word out that they're not deadbeats and still yet provide them with the necessary tools to keep them chucking straight forward and along. Right. Uh, you know, that, that that's what we do here. That's what we've been doing. And there's still much more that we are looking to implement, but there's a time and a place for everything, a time and a place for everything. Yes, it is. That's but right. With the, but with this implementation, it allows for every parent of integrity to not feel that uh, we are shadowing them, for say. You know how you can tell, uh, uh, put something out there as a tool and give uh, parents the opportunity to take it and run with, but you have to play big brother, like look over their shoulders or what have you? Yes. yes. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I, too, just like these other decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent obligors, you don't need to look over our shoulder. We know what to do. We just need right. to we, get We it are accountable. Okay, absolutely. So We are accountable. So there are tools of accountability that we use, but we don't have to uh, stare over your shoulder and make sure you're doing what you're doing. We're going to hold you at, at face value. We're going to hold you at your word. If anything deviates from that, we're going to call you out on it. And then if once we oppose uh, the question as to, well, you said that this is who you are, this is what you do, you, but you're not doing that. Okay, then you lie. Okay, so now we have other preventative, <laughs> we have other ways to work work with that as well. You know, you're always going to have some folk that's going to try their best to pull the wool over your eyes and what have you. Uh, but still yet, we have certain mechanisms in place because we simply do not support a get-out-of-jail-free card. And oh, because, I heard that. And because these parents are parents of integrity, they know what to do, and you know why they will do it? Because they are integrous enough to say that I ain't going to jail. I didn't do you anything to, to warrant for me to go to jail. So they keep themselves out of jail at face value. Anything outside of that, then you are uh, someone that can be chalked up as a deadbeat, and we know that there's laws in place that deals primarily, specifically with Deadbeats. <laughs> so, you know, we 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 are looking to salvage, not you know, work out some details, salvage what we can salvage by way of still intervening, working with these uh, integrous parents, uh, decent disadvantaged non-custodial parents, so then they can continue to uh, believe that there's uh, opportunity, that there is hope. Okay. To, rect- well, to rectifying me, all of this, yeah. Right. Now, can, let me let me interject for a second, um, because uh, to add to what you are trying to explain to those that may be listening in as being decent people with integrity, you know, and their non-custodial parent obligors at that, 
Um, I want to ask this one question, and then I'm going to put on a two-minute, 46-second uh, audio tape, and we're going to explode after that because it's going to put a stamp on why you are so adamant to help in protecting decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent obligors. Now, the second question before I put this audio on is, in child support language, Brother Al, what is the difference between an obligor and a non-custodial parent? Very easy. The language speaks clearly for itself. As an obligor, you are held obligated to make some form of payment for rather it's purchase, obligation for something that you owe. Uh, if you take out a loan, you're obligated for that. you got student loans, car payments. In this case, you've acknowledged the fact that you have a child support obligation, which mm-hmm. now creates a uh, court order, child support, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. It's court-ordered, and there's a file that supports the uh, the order. So that is that person, by way of association, that's your obligor. Okay. But when you are as being a non-custodial parent, that speaks clearly for itself. When two parents uh, are, they produce a child, they're no longer together. Right. You have one custodial parent. More than likely, the child is residing with the custodial parent. Uh, and then you have the non-custodial parent. They're not residing up under the same roof. Mm-hmm. But just because you are a non-custodial parent does not make you an obligor. Yes, right. we'll repeat that. It does not necessarily constitute for you to be an obligor. Because you may not reside with your child, but you may still be paying your child support, but you can have a, uh, some type of a, uh, an arrangement set up with right. the custodial parent, bypassing the, the courts altogether. That's and right. another thing, if you have not take, uh, had usage for any type of uh, services, welfare services or uh, in any fashion, money mm-hmm. or what have you, nothing state-provided. You yeah. are still the same non-custodial parent, but you don't have a court order in place, which means you don't owe the courts anything. Anything. So Absolutely. there is no reason why you should have any of your money tapped into by way of the courts, or support enforcement, rather, taking monies out of your check just because you do not reside with the custodial parent and your child. Truth be told, there are some people, one, that don't need to be together. And secondly, because they're not together, Sister Wendy, talking with these people, come to find out they are better friends now than ever before than when they were together. And it happens. And then they have such an arrangement where, non-custodial parent has the money there like clockwork with no mm-hmm. intervention from the courts whatsoever. So your non-custodial parent and your custodial parent can do this kind of work on their own once they get to a, a point where they can talk and communicate to each other, with each other, and not at each other. Very because good. Because only the two of those parents truly knows what's best for their child. But once the courts gets involved, once support enforcement is involved, it's just almost virtually, it's, it's almost impossible to get these people to get out of your business, get out of your file. Now, now let me just say this, please. There are some folk we all know, yeah, they're deadbeats. Uh, they're not trying to do what's right, never have trying to do what's right. They need to be monitored. They need to have the system involved in, you know, what's going on. We, we are not disputing that. 
but okay. it's always going to be a simple, very simple-minded dispute by way of realizing that you do have some grown folk out there, some grown parents out there that knows clearly how to handle their business without any interference from the outside trying to be involved in everything. And when you're trying to be involved in everything, you have to start asking yourself the question of why are you people so much wanting to be involved in what I'm doing with the custodial parent because the custodial parent and I and our, and the child, our child, we're doing just fine. So what is it that you people at the state level want? Well, let's find out. Now, I'm going to interject in here because I want to share this 2-minute-46-second audio that I got from the YouTube on Fox News about a brother, a father, sentenced to six months in jail for overpaying child support. And, again, I'll say to you all out there that is listening, if you are going through anything like this and you feel you are in the category of a decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent allegor, and you want to have a comment or a question to Brother Alpha or discuss your issue that you might have in child support, call in at this call-in number, 347-884-8684. That number again is 347 347- 884-8684, and the toll-free number is 877-483-3153. Again, 877-483-3153, toll-free. Now, we get ready to listen to this audio clip, and we're going to come back and see what you think about it and see what Brother Alpha C. Hale has to say about it because he's right on point, I think. Here you go. Listen to this. Well, a Houston father is facing 180 days in jail for overpaying his child support and over-visiting his 11-year-old son. His attorney and a community activist are now demanding answers. Randy Wallace joins us live with a story you'll see only on Fox. Randy? Don, we all expect to see judges throw the book at fathers who fail to pay child support. But a father who says he's been doing the right thing now has an arrest warrant against him. Uh, it's my responsibility to take care of it. You know, I brought him in this world. I have to. Clifford Hall says he's more than happy to pay child support for his 11-year-old son. I'm his father. You know, uh, it's my responsibility to take care of it. But Hall says when the amount of child support was modified, no one told him. I discovered that for some reason his employer was withholding a large amount some weeks, a small amount some weeks, zero amount uh, some weeks. And I didn't want to go to jail, basically. So Hall quickly paid almost three grand in back child support. When Hall and his ex-wife were in Judge Lisa Millard's court last November, he owed nothing. Opposing counsel testified twice that he's all paid up. But the attorney representing the child's mother wanted Hall to pay her three grand in attorney fees, and Judge Millard agreed. Court documents also reveal Hall wasn't following the court's scheduled times to pick up his son, another modification he says he knew nothing about. The judge ended up sentencing him to six months in jail. When she said, I sent, you know, remand you to the Harris County Jail for 180 days, my mouth just dropped. This entire situation is shocking to me. I've never seen one like this. Community activist Cornell X wants the state's judicial board to investigate. The court failed the child. The court failed Mr. Hall. The system broke down. I can't be there for my son in jail. I can't pay child support in jail. You know, this is not this is not in the best interest of the child. Judge Lisa Millard says Hall walked out of court after he was found in contempt, which she says is a big no-no. Judge Millard also points out Hall's attorney could have filed a motion for reconsideration. She says that would have allowed her to hear both sides again and reevaluate re the situation. Hall's attorney is now working on an appeal, and in a few days, Hall plans to turn himself in, and Don will, of course, keep everybody posted on, yeah. on how this plays out. It really is a strange situation. Very, very, very strange. I mean, it, it, it kind of shows that sometimes these things can be changed, modified, Maybe one parent doesn't know, but it's very confusing, and you've got to right. wonder how this man could go to jail for this. All right. All right. Randy Wallace, thank you. You're welcome.
Well, there it is, okay? Now, considering that you, Brother Alpha, have heard this audio clip, what do you think about that? That's all I'm going to say. Well, because I got that uh, when it actually uh, happened, I got it within 24 hours, uh, Sister Wendy, and after hearing it, I pretty much just, you know, the wheels start turning and I start drafting up, you know, all the things that could have been done differently because when you are working cases, there's no reason to keep tying up manpower and doing all of this stuff in redundancy and what have you. Absolutely. Why should you have to go back? Why should you have to continue to go back and forth into court uh, just to, to hear appeals and what have you? And, you know, that's that's just foolishness. The thing is, is that, we all have a measure of common sense and is not being applied accordingly straight across the board. But what is being applied is, on, on more so than not, is I have the upper hand. You guys got to come through me to get any, of, get any kind of freedom. And depending on how I'm feeling at any point in time, uh, because on I'm now. the one that signs off on these rulings, uh, depending That's on how right. I'm feeling at any point in time, I may uh, send you to jail, I may not send you to jail. Now, but you're playing too many people's lies. This is what you're doing. But see, this, I'm going to go a step further. Let's put the parents aside. Now let's talk about the children. We don't, know right. man, we don't know what kind of plans this man has for his child that his child may have been so vastly looking forward to. But the problem is, is no father, my father didn't show up. Oh, I'm going to cut up on everybody because ch- children do not forget. They do not forget. Now, it's one thing. No, they don't. If it's one thing if you had to get out there and make some money, uh, so you can have some extra money in your pocket. You know, if your job says we got to mandate you make this money, you know, so it's called overtime or what have you. That's one thing. But when you are locked, being incarcerated for yep. doing what is just, so you mean to tell me that you're going to lock this genuine uh, parent up? For doing, right. for doing overly just, where in my opinion he's doing more so uh, making up for some of the deadbeats that's not doing. Come on now. So so, so why not? Pass, so why not take this father, shake his hand, and say, "Hey, more power to you. Lead by that's example. Right. Let's let's mm-hmm. let's take you and what you're doing and promote some more of this because." Truth be told, even when I – now, I'm going to go somewhere with you. I spoke to a couple uh, parents, and these parents, you know, they're at a certain point in their lives today where they weren't uh, some odd years ago. And they mm-hmm, finally mm-hmm. came to the realization where they can honestly fess up to the fact that back in the day, all they knew was, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my, my, my paycheck, I'm going to – Go home, get cleaned up. I'm going to get me some beer, go hang out with the fellas. We going partying. I know I got a child, but I'm not interested in being with my child all like that. I got a life that I'm probably doing me. Yes, and they they finally came to the realization where they can speak. I applaud these these parents for getting to that stage. They finally grew up. Is what it is. Right. They finally grew up and took, took ownership, took some responsibility to this yes. obligation. So yes. now, so now we have a father that's doing more than most, and he gets incarcerated because he wants to play role of a father uh, a little bit more than most. So the, you're in the, he's in the catch twenty two because it's one of one, one of those. It's one of those deals where, how they say, and I'm going to use the, 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 the terms of the world, where they say, you're damned for doing and damned for not doing. That's right. So, and so, also, I wanted to put on here. So basically, it comes down to. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just wanted to place in there that they even talked about the employer, where the employer was, was withholding some of this money. Was the employer stealing from the man? Because he came out of his pocket double time. Well, even even with the employer, because see, I had uh, cases like that way back when. So this is definitely nothing new, but. 
this is a case where, and I spoke out about this, you know, in the early 2000s, uh, it's, and it's still going on now. Yes, we have employers that's following the guidelines of, of making sure that there's a garnishment in place through HR. But the thing is, is if there's monies that's caught up in the pipeline, making, you know, between the, uh, uh, going from the employer to support enforcement, Right. The support enforcement needs to either send an email, send a certified letter, get on the phone with these people, send them a text, do something. In the name yeah. of this obligor, we are asking for answers as to what is the problem with this uh, uh, wage garnishment that has been in place for 100 years. Okay. It keeps fluctuating. What's the problem? But even at that You know, you got obligors that's out there. They don't want to do nothing more with the system than what they are told they have to do. And that's a bad feeling. That's a bad place for these uh, decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent obligors to be in because these parents of integrity, they don't want to be pushed and shoved unjustly and there there really should be more of a happy medium between this group of parents and the system mm-hmm. so then they can, you know, reach a happy medium in a timely manner to rectify these cases. But the reason why right. these obligors are, you know, they, they uh, feel the way they feel about the system is because even when they went in there to try to rectify, like I said before, they try to deal with these issues at hand, but you got a system that kicks them around, uh, pits on, uh, do whatever they're going to do to them. And, uh, you know, I've seen grown men stand up in court crying and just boiling. That's an embarrassing moment to be chastised, to be chastised uh, and belittling you because you're a grown person yourself. And And these grown men of integrity are standing there being chastised from the bench, that's inappropriate. And, and 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 the thing is, is with these employers that's holding back these wage garnishment, there should be a form of punishment by way of punishing these employers okay. for putting this group of parents in jeopardy that's because. Right. Uh, again, if that parent has something scheduled with their child and for whatever reason they get incarcerated, so obviously they're not going to be with the child, did anybody factor in the fact that the child is now feeling uh, a little messed up and they're going to lash out and want to tear into everybody? In other words, the child is, is pissed off. They're mad because you took my parent and lock them up. But even more mm-hmm. to that, Sister Wendy, is you see the court always promotes to the children, well, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Well, how can you promote that it's not the child's fault when the child is looking at the fact that my my parent is in jail? They're not paying child support, which is supposed to be for me. And y'all lock right. them up. So if the money is for me, I don't care about the money. I just want my parent. But if you lock my parent up for something that's supposed to be for me, how is it not supposed to be my fault? See, children, children takes the back road to a lot of their logic, but then you're presenting something else in front of them at face value. And it does not match up. You know how they say that as a child gets older, they're pretty much raising themselves since the state has found a way to uh, violate the parents for, you know, to make them not be in a position to raise the child. So now you got the state that's intervening at every angle, and they're pretty much the ones that's raising your child, on the exception of if the child gets out there and they get involved in some criminal activity or what, whatever happens and, you know, there's no leadership at home, then they want to ask the child, well, where's the parent? 
Oh, well, the father's okay. locked up because they didn't pay child support and the mother is working. And, you know, it's just a lot of foolishness. But we can put a, a handle on all of that, and uh, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that as the show goes on. Yeah. Right. Now I want to go on to a break, and we'll be right back, and we're talking about decent disadvantaged non-custodial parents on It's Our Business Until Your Business and Child Support News. Be back. Miss Clardy and Company on BTR, and I am your host, Lardy Miss Clardy, and we are talking about decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent obligors on It's Our Business to Tell Your Business and Child Support News. And as you have heard from the president of Family First International, Alpha C. Hales, he's telling it like it is. And we're going to get back into our discussion. Alpha, is you still there, my brother? I'm right here with, here with you. With me? All, I'm right. Right here. I'm like, I, I, all right, now I got this call. I got another question for you. We're going to keep pushing ahead because we, we're right. looking for a new day. That's right. We're looking for a new day. Something yes. new to happen. Yes. yes. And so I want to ask this question to you. How do you feel about decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent obligors having their child support payments increase, but they don't have a supporting income to validate that increase. 
Oh goodness, that sounds like something I'm working on now. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me let me share this with you. <clears throat> okay. We all know that the children needs to be taken care of. We all know that every state also has child support guidelines that they're supposed to be following by way of how much money is supposed to be uh, deducted from your uh, your check. Now, if you have not gotten a raise, if you have not provided anything by way of increase of income to support enforcement, or they have no proof to validate that you are that you have this extra money, there should be no reason why there is an increase, even if the custodial parent comes and asks for more money. Question being, where are you going to pull it from? You got extra money tied up in your sock? Is it in a mattress? Is it buried out back? I mean, realistically, where are you going to get it from? And for those type of awards to continue, that's building more of an even greater hardship than the one that's on the table right now as we speak. So basically, why don't you just take a, a, a dustpan and a broom and sweep the obligor up into it and just throw them away? Because, you know, you can't, keep, you can't keep promoting. There's no way you can keep promoting that we do all what we do in the best interest of the child. But then all the only thing that I see that you can factor in that is called in the best interest of the child is as long as we get in the money, as long as we get in the money. We don't have to give nothing else, but as long as we keep getting the money, we're good to go. Let me tell you something. Over the interviews that I've had, that I've conducted, I've talked to some of these children, and they are fine. These children are fine. Let me tell you something. They're not lacking of. There was um, a gentleman that just, got out of jail after spending uh, 60, 60 days, Sister Wendy, in jail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, 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 check, but, but here's the kicker. Check out how he got incarcerated. He went, now he was looking for a job over a period of time. He was blessed to get a job through a temporary agency. Do you know that support enforcement actually went to his job and took him off his job and said that we have a contempt order for you? Are you him? Yeah, so they took him and they was gladly threw him in jail. They locked, they eventually locked him up. Jesus so he spent Christ. sixty days well, in jail. I mean, so so oh. so that goes oh, against the grain me. once again. Where, why that do you tell you. people to go look for jobs and then when they get them, then you come with this? Uh, uh, we got a warrant order. You get off the job and go to jail. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to follow, so now you want to follow up with that. See, the biggest problem that I've always had with this is that you're treating this particular group of people as if they were deadbeats, as if they're the crooks, as if they're the, 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 the thieves and the perjurers and the liars and the crooks. and all. You know, you're treating them that way. Right. And that's what frustrates uh, so many people about this, so many meaningful people about this is because <sighs> – you got to ask yourself, when is the real common sense going to be applied? When is it going to be you know, applied? Well, never, as long as there's money involved and, and greedy see, people. And, 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 never. And, see, and I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But this is the deal. Yeah, but this is the deal. Even the biggest crooks of crooks, you know, had their last say, and then it was a done deal. In other words, time, you know, it it played and it ran out. At some point in time, there's going to be that kind of a shift. But we just have to come and get this thing together. We got to get it right. Mm -hmm. Because, and, And I'm saying that primarily to say this. I've also, during my, my, my time away from the show, I've been privy to come in contact with so many genuine uh, politicians. I mean, I've, I've actually had some sit-downs with certain 
uh, politicians, and they were just the cool, just some of the greatest folk to talk to behind the scenes. That's awesome. I, I got some insights from them that I did not show, share. I, 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 but the thing is, is that I even have, uh, uh, you know, some irons in the fire to go back and speak with some of these folks that can help assist and make a difference. And, and, right. and, and even talking with some of these uh uh, political members, they 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 did fess up and state they were not always where we are today. They also yeah. had a problem with you know the deadbeat thing, and everybody was one, and we're talking factoring the money and what have you. But they see the truth finally coming to the table, and they see this, and they they you know they they. I, I, I recognize that, and I appreciate them for finally getting to that point of taking the blinders off, taking the earplugs mm-hmm. out, hearing mm-hmm. and seeing for yourself that the, you have you have two different groups factored in into this equation, and there's one part of this group that's getting a raw deal, and that should not be happening. And these politicians, you know, they're willing to, you know, Take this thing step further. Let's you know build some more uh, information, compile some more information. Let's see but what we, we need. Can. The people yeah, we need yeah. the count though. We Let's need those, we those decent. Right, we need those decent people that are paying child support to come up and speak up and speak out because it's so important for them to do this. This is how they uh, they know that it exists, that the, the victimization and the fraud of the of it are what's happening as them being lumped in as a gumbo piece of soup, you know, uh, that they need to demarcate uh, what they are doing with decent people that are really trying, but the system is set up for failure in the area where they do not need to be in a failure of. Like, for instance, um, in the report that I have read in under the Congressional Research Service and up underneath the summary, it talks about where they say many contend that the incarceration of persons for non-payment of child support is both wrong and counterproductive. They say that criminalizing non-payment of child support by making it a misdemeanor or a felony disproportionately affects low-income non-custodial parents who more likely than not are just as poor or poorer than the mother and children owe child support payments. They assert that incarceration means that the non-custodial parent is not working and earning money and that having a criminal record lowers a person's job prospects that also contend that the negative ramifications of being in jail include a weakened bond between the non-custodial parent and his or her children and family, and a high probability that the individual will ultimately be reincarcerated for non-payment of child support or other infractions or crimes. Something needs to be done about it, but the people, we need the people, Brother Alpha. We need those decent people that, that are not afraid to stand up and say, if this is, is happening, just like the gentleman on that audio clip that you just heard. He got up and they went on the news with it. There's more of this that's going on. You even have uh, people that are going through hard, hard and we're happy that you are in this in this fight as an organization to bring in the head count so that the system know that decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent obligors do exist and they need to demarcate who, who they mess with and put some support programs like jobs and programs that are cushion this set of people, okay? And that um, and whatever has to happen to the dead, these just have to happen. But everybody doesn't deserve to go to jail because they can't pay their child support payments. Because we have the system, the economy, what they call an economy, the brain. We ain't got no jobs. And they say, hey, we got jobs. Where? 
Yeah, well, it sounds good and it looks even better on paper, but if you have just that many millions of jobs created, then you have enough jobs for pretty much everybody and then some. But the the thing is is that uh, there used to be a time where, even back in the day, there used to be a time where you may have a full-time job, but you had to supplement. You go get yourself a part-time job. These days you have to get two to three, uh, a bunch of part-time jobs, just to equal uh, equal your income to come back as one solid income. Okay. So now what uh, you're doing I is you're, you're now what you're doing is you're taking away that quality time that your parents actually should uh, be able to spend uh, right. interacting with the child. And now you have more grandparents, aunties, uncles, cousins, even the love in the street from the gangs to absorb that <laughs> downtime That's that right. the parents can't supply the child with because. The parents got to work uh, all work of these extra, extra jobs. Hard. That's right. You know, but that but that's not that's not our job to you know set up what the incomes are going to look like and what have you. Uh, that that's these other guys' job to make that part right. But uh, well, let me ask you this question. Let's go to the next question. Let's ask you this question. And anybody out there that's going through this type of stuff and you're a decent disadvantage, not a custodial parent, going through. Stuff with child support and the court system, call in at this call-in number, 347-884-8684. We're urging you to stand up, speak up, and speak out and tell us, you know, what's going on and what's happening with you. You are a very important piece to this puzzle in order for us to get some type of resolution to have the system and the public work together to make something positive happen for decent people with integrity paying child support. So, Brother Alpha, I ask you this this other question. What's your take on the courts when the non-custodial parent pays money for child support without the system's involvement and they call it a gift? That certainly shouldn't be. You only have one set of money to work with, so basically what it comes down to is you bypass the system to put that money directly in the hands of either the custodial parent or the child, and that is, you know, they do these things, but they don't really see, you know, what's going to come out of it on the tail end because now you're going to have even, Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to have so many people start uh, deriving to their own line of questions. Well, why should, if, if, if the obligor only has uh, $50, why should it make a difference if the money comes to the state, if, if it goes through the state first and right. then goes to the child? Because the money on the contract was drafted up stating that the money is supposed to go to the child. Okay? Um, now you do have some contracts that's drafted up. X amount of dollars goes to the state, X amount of dollars goes to the child. But what is supposed to go as a repayment back to the state is uh, considered pennies on the dollar. The majority is still supposed to go to the child. So if you pay out $50, $5 goes to the state, the $45 goes to the child. Okay, if I give the whole $50 to my child, I mean, you won't let me slide on paying you guys back $5? See, and that's where that line of separation starts kicking back in because the system wants theirs. Yeah. We're going to take, they want theirs off the top, and we're going to send you whatever that balance looks like. Uh, you know, sometimes yeah. instead of so much push yeah. and shove, sometimes we got to take a back seat, and um, it's not all going to be good, but it doesn't have to always be so bad. Do a favor every once and again. Lower the cost of uh, of uh, the arrears, and there's ways to do that and still be effective mm-hmm. as well because we, right. we we are setting that up so we can get that part in play uh, and, and still have a, a meaningful process. But right. what, it, what the main focus here is is it is the arrears because when the arrears are looked at, uh, then that's when – the headhunting game kicks in by way of uh, let's let's send out the stormtroopers. Let's get the troop out there. We got to go corral these people up because they owe this much in back child support. But darn, but you not, just locked. So, so, but, but but darn, you just locked uh, this, this, this this gentleman up here uh, in that uh, 
clip that you played, you, okay. you locked him up, and, and he didn't have any arrears. And so what? He deviated right. a little bit from his visitation schedule. But, uh, but, 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 but it seems like he did everything right to me. Okay. Well, okay. The, all that money that they call it a gift is, are you saying that the money that the parent has already given, even though they're putting arrearages onto this non-custodial parent, um, or to pay arrearages, they won't even take the money that they've been paying, even if they can give account that they've been paying this money through, uh, you know, uh, um, what do you call it, a uh, uh, we you have receipts and what have you. Know, you know, receipt checks or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But they can even show that they have been, that will be applied to whatever arrearages they want to put to slice that excuse in half for to make that uh, non-custodial uh, parent obligor uh, pay extra or go to jail because he ain't paid his child support arrearages. I guess the question would be is what resolution do we have that will compel parents and the systems to work together for this reason? Because he it's all about trust, being... Sister Wendy. It's a trust. It's a trust issue. Oh, uh, just like a just like a bully. If a bully's been stealing your lunch money for X amount of years, uh, and then a day should happen to come and the bully says. Oh, you can you can bypass. I'm not going to take your lunch money today, or you know what have you. Are you going to trust them? No. I mean, as soon as you I mean, but how are we going to get the system to understand that they are not trustworthy? Uh, doing you know the, the thing is, Sister Wendy, they already know, and they've known this for a very long time. It filters down from the state's boss, which is at the federal level. Each and every day, they are clearly aware that this has been an ongoing issue. But what it comes down to is where, when and where are those all of those meaningful folk that can help make a, uh, a major impact to get this thing dealt with correctly? See, we have the process, but it takes the people to want to get together and say, hey, show us what you got. And when and when you've implemented certain portions of of your programs, and you can clearly see that it works, now we don't just need it. The thing is, we don't just need it here. We need it everywhere. Oh, and we um, need a prison, what they call a prison ministry. We need to take this into the prison. You know what I'm saying? Well, so that they can so that they can talk. I mean, because there has to be a way to give a head count, a true head count, since the system is not wanting to reveal that there are good people as well as bad people that they are lumping together and throwing them in jail, you know, for non-support, child support payments, and there is no real programs that are available from the government point of view or the state's point of view. Only, only one that's out there is you that I know of, okay? Well, and you know something? Uh, I want to just speak on that politely. I want to say that there's no programs out there because I have met well, with program directors. I, I, I met with maybe a handful of them. They're, well, just that means adamant they're, about this. they're just as adamant about this as I am. I just, speak it in a I just speak it in a different language. I speak it in a factual wholehearted truth language and not the programmed language. Uh, well, I mean, they can be on, they can be on or somebody's radio telling they part or come together and, and, and you know, come together with you, you know, to, to, to be a part of what you are doing. I mean, oh, it's a absolutely. shame that everybody is, everybody is spoken the same cause, but they won't come together. That's crazy. Right. We're supposed to be up underneath some kind of collaboration here. Oh, oh, How I, are we going to be able to help them as I totally agree. There should be a thicker bond of collaboration. But, you know, sometimes where you have some people that feel slighted about Am I going to get credit for what I do? Or, you know, these guys are at a larger scale because of what they know and what they're about to implement. Uh, they might leave me out in the cold. Listen, this is not a time well, to put your pride right on, your, 
up on your collars. And, and, you know, there's too many people, too many of us that's suffering, that's being uh, right. swept under the rug for say. And, and the thing is, is if it's all about credit and this, that, and the other, well, hell, you take all the credit. Just let, How about let's just get together and do some meaningful work? Because, see, I, I, I always say and I always will say, I don't do, this is not glamorous to me, but I have fun with what I do being the people's mm-hmm. person that I am. But I don't mm-hmm. do what I do because I need to be in neon lights or roll out the red carpet or, or, or what have you. I do what I do because it's necessary. And I wow. have no quorums with talking to people to discuss intelligently about the infractions that occurs within this venue simply because it's irrefutable, it's airtight, and, and if you think that you have a leg to stand on as to why all of these obligors are treated as one and the same, I, you can, you're, you're very much invited to come on and try to, you know, have that talk with me or, you know, several other people, but uh, it'll be a very embarrassing day. Uh, that's almost like saying that all pastors are the same, all uh, lawyers and, and, and doctors are the same, all police officers are the same. No, they're not. So just like we are trying to demarcate uh, several other venues uh, with all types of other infractions, this is, this is not this venue here, this family court venue, this, is not, uh, this, this venue is not exempt. It's not exempt. We have these real-life factual hardships that has been going on and continue to go on. All I'm saying is, FFI, Family First International, we are not here to fight, dispute, debate with you. Because, you know, too many good uh, parents of integrity, we're losing time having this talk. We need to, and we are willing to always come to a meaningful meeting at a meaningful place and time talking to the appropriate meaningful persons so we can, you know, get our hand on the pulse and put put some meaningful things in play so there will be a happy medium between the decent disadvantaged non-custodial parent obligor, the custodial parent and the child and the system. We don't want to leave the system out because there's a part, there's a huge part that they obviously play in this and you know how so many groups always say we want to advocate because the laws are, are bad so you know we want to challenge the laws and what have you oh, well. we we are plenty big enough to come and tell anybody that listen we don't have a problem with your laws <laughs> we honestly don't well, have, we have a problem with your laws <laughs> well, here it is. Because <laughs> you have to have a law in place to, to 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 regulate this venue. We understand that. We know how that works. What we have a problem with is how you utilize the laws, and which makes the wrong uh, impact on well, the situation. Let's just call it right here because it is time for us to end this program and we will be back on with Brother Alpha C. Hills for next Thursday, okay, at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 4.30 p.m. Pacific Time, my time. Brother Alpha, we are running out of time and I would love to go on about what we got to talk about, but truly, truly. It is beneficial that you are a part of this fight, and I appreciate you being on the show to share some light about how you feel as a person out here trying to help decent disadvantage. And you're not trying, you're actually doing. I just want to thank you for uh, taking the time out to love us, love us decent disadvantaged non-custodial parents, and give them your information, where you where they can reach you, your website, and um, you know, and let them know you know what what you're trying to do to help lessen you know the concerns of those that have been broken by our system. What we're doing currently is, like I say, you know, we're implementing, rolling out a lot of our various programs as people come on. Uh, you'll find us at. 
860-913-6516. You'll find us at familyfirstinternational uh, at gmail.com. You'll find the, uh, the website, uh, familyfirstinternational.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, feel free to use the contact box to reach out to us, give us a call. It, it, it starts with the individual, Sister Wendy. People say that they're struggling. People say that they're hurting. They don't have any clarification or direction. Give us a call. Reach out to us, email, what have you. We'll give you some relief so you can get some peace. We're, we're looking to not stay in this challenge going tooth and nail back and forth with the system. Because, like I say, we are being, you know, uh, privy to come in contact with some meaningful uh, politicians that, you know, they, they, they are of help. They're starting to see this thing full-blown. But the only thing that beats a failure is a try. We got to try something. But now we cannot continue to try the same old stuff. Otherwise, you keep getting the same old results. So implement a new plan for a new day. And that's, that's how we're coming in. New plan for a new All day. Right. So, so we can make some things that's wrong, start making it right. All right. Thank you, my brother. Alpha C. Hale, the president of Family First International, and he has been on to tell us what's going on in child support news. Brother, I thank you for coming on to the show. Anytime I will see you next you. week on Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, your time, and 4.30 p.m. Pacific Time, my time. Every Thursday with Brother Alpha Steve Hills from Family First International. And if you have any questions for me, contact me, Lottie Miss Cordy, for general information. Comments or concerns at WendyClarity at Yahoo.com, and you can contact me by Facebook, slash WClarity, and Twitter at LardyMissClarity. Now, listen to this. Go to the webpage to interact with Family First International at FamilyFirstInt.org, okay? He's got some wonderful things on that website. Please go and get informed, get information, get aware of what's going on. Signing off and leaving you with a thought for today. All right? And that thought is, using jail as an option for non-payment of child support has many implications. Are low-income, non-custodial parents who are unable to fulfill their child support obligations penalized for being poor? Should non-custodial parents charged with civil contempt of court be entitled to an attorney? Should non-custodial parents who only assist this non-payment of child support be incarcerated in settings known to be violent and dangerous? With that to say, knowledge is power. And I'm going to challenge you all to help one another get this information out. We want to use it, not abuse it. Help spread the word. Stand up. Speak up and speak out against victimization and fraud. Peace in the land. Thank you for listening to Lottie Miss Cardi and Company on Blog Talk Radio. Good evening.